This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Franchise Tag Football Podcast, where I talk all things NFL, all things football, including scores, games, previews, and everyone's favorite fantasy football, so stay tuned. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Franchise Tag Football Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Salas, and today we're going to be talking all things Week 1. Football is officially back, and it's in the books. Week 2 is coming up this week. It is Wednesday night, so tomorrow everything should be in full swing back to Week 2, and football is officially here. Hope everyone's excited to watch, and you know, there's a lot of exciting things happening. There's a lot of question marks around the league, and, um, and I'm excited to review all of that. So a little bit about myself. This is the first episode, so I kind of wanted to introduce myself again. My name is Eric Salas. Um, I'm 20 years old. I am a uh, New Jersey native and um, New York sports fan, Uh, Giants, Knicks, Yankees, and uh, the Devils. Um, And yeah, uh, that's just a little bit about me. I'll get more in depth about myself as this show goes on. But anyway, let's, you know, cut the fat and let's get straight to week one. Um, Let's start with uh, the Thursday night football game uh, to kick off week one of the 2018-2019 season. Um, it was the Falcons Eagles, um, which ended, um, with the Eagles taking the victory, uh, coming off their Super Bowl win against the Patriots. Uh, they won 18 to 12 against the Falcons. Um, uh, my key takeaways from this game is, uh, the Falcons, I felt like they had something to prove coming in. Um, you know, they, you know, they got smacked in the mouth by the Patriots, um, you know, you know, uh, giving up their, their lead that they had in the Super Bowl, and uh, they wanted to come back and show we have. Listen, we have something to prove. All right, we're we're going against the defending Super Bowl champs. We've been there. We have the weapons to be there, and um, you know, I felt like this game uh, they really needed to show who they were and what kind of presence they wanted to show the rest of the league. Um, but anyway, they, the, what I expected from this game is exactly what happened. Uh, the Falcons um, involved a lot of Julio Jones. He had uh, a lot of catches here. I have some stats from the game. Uh, so uh, Matt Ryan, uh, 21 completions on 43 attempts, 251 yards and an interception. Not the best performance, uh, but again, Julio Jones had 10 receptions, um, 169 yards, um, and excluding that play where uh, he caught the ball, a little bobbled it a little bit. Um, which could have added more numbers to that. Um, in my opinion, that was definitely a catch. I feel like if he had the um, athletic, you know, prowess to maintain that ball on the way down, it should have been a catch. But you know, NFL rules, um, you know, you know, stripped that away from him, unfortunately. But uh, there was anyway. Besides that play, which could have changed the game massively for them, uh, Falcons couldn't really put it in the end zone. Um, you know, early on in the game, they just drove down the you know the Eagles' throats and they made it to the red zone. And you know, whatever St- Steve Sarkeesian threw, you know. Drew up um, for that offense. Uh, obviously, didn't work. They were going up against a really tough front line. I don't know why they were trying to run it so much when they have Julio Jones. If they can run like a simple route, he's, you know, he's huge enough. He's athletic enough where he can go up and grab it, and you could trust him. And they definitely tried that later on in the game, but unfortunately, it was too late. Um, let's uh, take a look at the running game here. Um, we have um, Devontae Freeman, six rushes, thirty-six yards. Then you have Tevin Coleman, uh, nine rushes, nineteen yards, and a touchdown. And of course, that's something you know Falcons deal with all the time. You have uh, Tevin Coleman kind of vulturing from uh, Devontae Freeman sometimes. But you know that you know that dual threat in the backfield. Um, anything could happen. And um, in fantasy, um, people tend to take Devontae Freeman because you know there's you know he has more versatile type speed. He's you know hard hitting runner. Um, he definitely gets a lot of points there. People also take Tevin Coleman in fantasy, you know, in the later rounds because, uh, you know, he can get exactly what happened in this game, nine rushes, 19 yards, and a touchdown. He probably could be more effective in the passing game also. 
Anyway, you got Austin Hooper getting involved in the offense a little bit. Um, he maybe could have had a little more opportunities to score if they didn't draw those run plays when they reached uh, the red zone early on in the game. He had three receptions, 24 yards. Uh, Tevin Coleman, not too much uh, involved in the passing game. He had one reception, 26 yards. Mohamed um, Sanu getting more involved in the offense. Um, I hope they use him a lot more. He's definitely a weapon they should use a lot. Um, but Julio Jones is definitely a threat they should use in the end zone more than anything. Um, they definitely used him. Uh, they, they used Julio Jones in this game properly. Um, but I feel like Mohamed Sanu, if he gets a little couple more looks, he can like you know change the pace of the game a little bit. Four receptions, 18 yards. Um, and again, Devontae Freeman gets involved in that uh, passing game also. It's kind of half and half a little bit. Devontae Freeman kind of has the edge of that um, backfield. Um, he had three receptions, 14 yards. And anyway, a little bit of a slow game for them, which they could have gotten going early. And, you know, they definitely could have, you know, punched it in and made it 14-3 by half. And unfortunately, it was, you know, it just came down to field goals by the time halftime came. Anyway, moving on to the Eagles offense here. Um, we have uh, Nick Foles throwing for 19 completions on 34 attempts, 117 yards and interception. Um, not the best game from him, uh, you know, as he's had in that playoff run last year and in the Super Bowl. Um, but, um, you know, it's week one. It's hard to, you know, bet on week one. If you guys, you know, bet any games, um, definitely the toughest, uh, mostly because, you know, new faces, um, new offense. And even if they, they won the Super Bowl, there's definitely a big change in their game style since everyone's re looking at them. They're the newest target that, um, everyone wants to see, um, you know, what they can do in the next season. So anyway, um, you have Nelson Aguilar here. He had one completion on one attempt and that play was a uh, Philly Philly or Philly special. Um, which they ran in the Super Bowl, and they ran in the first game of the season. And, um, you know, I, to be honest with you, that play I don't think is going to be ran much longer. <laughs> I feel like they definitely used that in the game one just to kind of, like, throw off the other team. You know, now teams, especially since they did that twice, and one of them being the complete, like, it factor in winning the Super Bowl, that um, if teams catch on on film that, you know, the type of formation that they have, they're just not going to be able to run that anymore. I feel like they just used that in the first game to kind of throw them off, um, you know, kind of set the pace a little bit to see what they can do um, getting that first down. So anyway, let's move on to the running game. It was the JHI show this game. Mostly got their points on the board other than their field goals. Um, JHI ran for 15 rushes uh, for 62 yards and two touchdowns. Um, that just goes to show you that backfield, he's definitely the dominant player. Um, they use him more as a bruiser. Um, they're going to be just fine back there. And um, how I know that they were more fine is that they have Corey Clement and Sproles back. So that shows that they'll be involved in the rushing game a little bit, but mostly the um, – you know, receiving uh, part of that. So Corey Clement had five rushes for 26 yards, no touchdowns. Um, same with Sproles. He had five uh, rushes and uh, 10 yards. He's kind of like a, you know, change of pace type back. He's not really much of a rusher, um, but if they use him, his speed can definitely be a factor. And Corey Clement showed what he can do in the Super Bowl. And last year, he's more than serviceable, serviceable to be, you know, the type of receiving back that was like Chris Thompson earlier last uh, season. Um I mean, let's go to the receiving now. Uh, we have Zach Ertz, five receptions, 48 yards. Um, he was kind of, you know, to me, watching that game, he was a little bit absent. I know he almost had 50 yards, which is, you know, a, so it's kind of a decent game for a tight end. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think uh, if they use Ertz a lot more, they're going to be just fine. They did that last year, and you saw the way he turned out, one of his best seasons. Um, he'll be just fine, so no need to worry about him, especially in fantasy. If you have him, I would say not to panic. Um, he has bigger games ahead of him. Um, Nick Foles is going to continue to be the starter until Carson Wentz is back, and then when Carson Wentz is back, because I believe he's around 90%, you know, 
you know, healing that knee. He wants, you know, um, the Eagles aren't in much of a rush to bring him back. If they have a completely serviceable backup quarterback, they're not going to activate him right away. So think about that and just know that, you know, Carson Wentz is going to, you know, use him as a red zone target and he's going to be kind of play that um, Gronkowski role in that offense. And they have Nelson Aguilar. Um, you could definitely tell the workload went to him, uh, missing their other receiver, um, Alshon Jeffrey, through a shoulder injury from last season that he's. I've heard rumors that he's been playing with that hurt shoulder all last season. So, um, anyway, eight receptions, 33 yards for him. Um, for the amount of receptions and targets he had, 33 yards really isn't a lot. Um, but that goes to show you that missing your number one receiver receiver can make a giant difference. And they got uh, Sproles, like I said, getting involved in that receiving uh, offense. Uh, four receptions, 22 yards. And, um, again, Nick Foles had that one reception for 15 yards on that uh, Philly-Philly play. And um, – what key takeaways for the defenses here? Um, big disappointment. Big disappointment, definitely on the Falcons' part. Um, I believe it was the most uh, penalties they've had in like over a couple decades, um, and it was it just made the game go ten times slower. It definitely helped Philadelphia. Have, it made them look much better than they actually were when the Falcons literally had this game at the palm of their hands. I feel like it was their game to lose. Um, you couldn't ask more from Julio Jones and uh, Matt Ryan. Just you know, a lot of a lot of throws and that just didn't hit the targets right. Not sure if it was, you know, their offensive coordinator not, you know, drawing them up properly to give them the best um, opportunity to score or not. But anyway, that's got to be fixed. Um, anyway, uh, like also I said, Falcons literally went down the throats of the Super Bowl champions, uh, getting to the red zone a couple times in the first quarter, and they just couldn't send it through. So that goes to tell you something about, you know, the Eagles, that uh, what's going on with them. A lot of new faces there. They lose Michael Kendricks. Um, they – they bring in Michael Bennett, who's playing a kind of different role. He's not the complete starter. I saw him come in later on in defensive play, so he wasn't even out there to start. And um, so I guess he's kind of the change of pace end that can kind of you know give him the edge. But anyway, um, I guess they just got to still put it together. Like I said, week one is definitely a mystery, and I'm definitely excited to see week two and what these two teams come to bring. Anyway, let's move on to the next game here. We had a bit of an exciting game, the Steelers and Browns, uh, which ended up in a tie, 21-21. to um, Definitely a poor game um, for the Steelers. I felt like they were, you know, Ben Roethlisberger on the road, he's definitely not the best uh, quarterback in the world. Um, I feel like every year, whenever Steelers and Browns go head-to-head, um, either, either if it's a season opener or in a later-on game, that's a way for the Steelers. It just doesn't turn out too well. Let's go over the stats. I want to start with the Browns, the new look Browns. Uh, you got uh, Terod Taylor, um, 15 completions on 40 attempts. They definitely wanted to see a lot more throwing from him. And um, definitely not the best performance. I, I don't think it was that great. Um, he used his feet a lot to kind of show that he had a great game. And the tie definitely showed that, you know, maybe his performance wasn't too bad. But in my opinion, it re- really was not the best. And uh, hopefully soon they release Baker Mayfield. You know, not release. I mean, like, unleash Baker Mayfield and just, you know, have him go out there and ball out. But if they use Tyrod Taylor a little longer, I definitely understand why. Um, he had 197 uh, yards on the, on the the in through the air. Uh, one touchdown and one interception, kind of an average, you know, Tyrod Taylor type game. I'm not sure what else people expected, but um, he also rushed for he rushed eight times, 77 yards and a touchdown, um, and that touchdown definitely changed the game for the Browns. Um, definitely showed that Tyrod Taylor can move his feet, and regardless if he can throw the ball or not, he could you know change the game in a big impactful way with his feet. You had Carlos Hyde, uh, 22 rushes, 62 yards, and a touchdown. And you could see this ongoing trend already. Me talking about Tyrod Taylor and Carlos Hyde. 
Hugh Jackson is just that type of guy to go straight to the guys that have been there before, who've been here for years in the NFL. They know what it's like, and um, hey, I could see I could see his vision in that sense. But you also, you know, you also got to unleash those new players that you got, those weapons that you drafted. They're not just, you know, storage packages. Um, I, I really think that if you unleash them early, they're going to get that learning experience um, and not just sitting on the side. If they actually get involved, they're going to, you know, what better game is there to do that against than the Steelers, one of the best teams in the league. Uh, Duke Johnson, uh, five rushes, 17 yards. Um, he's more of a passing down back. They've been doing, he's been doing that for years. So again, that's one of the other guys. Hugh Jackson knows to be, um, you know, who will be there for them and will be serviceable when the time comes. Uh, Nick Chubb, uh, three rushes, 21 yards. I think they should use him a lot more instead of handing Carlos Hyde the ball. A lot of times, uh, Nick Chubb isn't a slouch. Um, second round pick, early second round pick. Um, he was great in college. Um, you know, he showed that he's more. You know he could he can be more involved in the offense than he was, especially in this game. For 106 yards and two 30 plus yards, uh, bless him. So um, if anyone's watched Hard Knocks, you know what I'm talking about there. But um, anyway, yeah, that definitely showed that. Um, Jarvis Landry is going to be a big part of this offense, um, regardless if Josh Gordon is, you know, back and fully healthy. Um, Jar Jarvis Landry is just going to always dig deep into that offense. He's always going to have opportunities to both score and change the game. He didn't touch the end zone this game. And speaking of Josh Gordon, he had one reception, 17 yards and a touchdown. I believe that's a play Hugh Jackson, uh, drew up with Todd Haley, um, you know, they didn't have him all camp, so definitely having him in this game. Um, they had a small sample size of what they, you know, um, had during training camp. They just used the guys they already had. They had a game plan, and um, I guess they had this already, you know, made up um, right before he got back, and I guess it worked in this game. Um, not much else going on in the receiving game here. Everyone else only had one reception. Um, but anyway, uh, also I wanted to talk about uh, David Njoku. Um, he had three receptions, 13 yards, and I feel like um, these guys used a first-round pick on a, on a tight end that they're going to have to use him sometime soon. I feel like he's going to be unleashed any, sometime soon. He's a physical tight end, uh, huge. Um, he can get in the end zone and make those tough catches that you need him to make. If he needs to beat one guy, two guys, he'll get it done. He did that in the preseason with uh, Baker Mayfield. And hopefully um, Tyrod Taylor realizes that instead of using your feet so often and not completing as much pass attempts, that you got a guy you can just dump the ball to off the line. He's going to make a play. Um, they also have uh, Darren Fells. Um, he's a new tight end coming in. Um, he definitely helps with blocking a little bit. So hopefully Njoku can step up his blocking game and uh, he can definitely be involved in this offense. So eventually if Baker Mayfield ever sets foot on this field, um, at any point during this season or next season, I feel like definitely – you know, watch out for David the Joku. Have him on your radar. So anyway, I move on to the Steelers' offense here. Um, poor showing from Ben Roethlisberger on the road first game. Um, that was also expected. Um, I know usually, like I said last time, Falcons-Eagles week one is definitely a tough game um, to know either bet on or guess how that game's going to go. Um, so Ben Roethlisberger, 23 completions, 41 um on 41 attempts, um, just about how much they use their quarterback is just as much, you know, as they were going to use them is what they did in this game. And that's what you're going to see all season. Um, 335 yards in the air, one touchdown, three interceptions. Um, very early season like Ben here. Um, I feel like, I feel like there's no need to worry. He's done this year in and year out coming into the, the first uh, couple games or so, especially on the road. 
he's not going to have the best showing, but um, have him at home at the right time, right place. Um, he's going to get it done. And you'll see coming up in these next couple stats as to why that is going to be. Anyway, James Conner. It was pretty much the James Conner show. Everyone wanted to see what James Conner was going to do this game. Uh, you know, great guy coming out of pit. Um, definitely a fan favorite. Um, you know, he has a hell of a story, um, you know, coming back from cancer. And uh, dropped to the third round, but is a first-round talent. So definitely a giant steal for them after losing Le'Veon Bell, um, which is uncertain as to when he will come back. But if they don't, um, everyone should know that you know James Conner is going to get it done, regardless of who's there, if he's there or if he's not. So anyway. I'll read you the stats. James Conner, 31 rushes, 135 yards, two touchdowns. Um, that goes to show you that he's going to be the workhorse back regardless of who's going to be back in the backfield, if it's Le'Veon Bell or him, um, either or. Um, anyone in that backfield is going to receive most of the the work, especially if things go rough for Ben Roethlisberger early on in the game or later in the game. They can rely on their running game, either passing or rushing, and um, that'll help them out a little bit, and that's going to open up some space for the receiving core, which I'll move on to here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we have uh, Antonio Brown having an Antonio Brown type game. Uh, nine receptions, 93 yards, and a touchdown. That's just just as much you could ask from him. He's uh, Ben's number one target. Um, always looking for him. Um, early on, he didn't get much going on, uh, but later on, he definitely stepped up and you know gave Steelers a chance at a win. But unfortunately, he came up short in the tie. Uh, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, who's uh, you know a great opposite of Antonio Brown um, five receptions 119 yards if there's anyone that's going to open up the game and open up more opportunity for other players um, Juju Smith-Schuster um, is definitely underrated in that sense he is a great wide receiver definitely stepping up um, especially in fantasy um, you know it, regardless if Antonio Brown is there or if he isn't there um, expect Juju Smith-Schuster to have very productive games moving forward. Um, James Conner again um, active in the backfield, also receiving uh, five receptions, 57 yards. Um, that goes to show you that um, they can, you know, the way Steelers run their offense, their their running back's going to have to be agile and have to, you know, definitely work in the game. Um, you know, 31 rushes and total 36 touches um, at, a, at those completion rates. Uh, that's going to be, you know. Show, especially in fantasy, that a Steelers running back is going to put in that work. And if Ben Roethlisberger continues to play like this um, on the road, that that's going to happen. So definitely keep your radar on James Conner um, as to, you know, just in case we ever find out what happens to Le'Veon Bell. Um, they definitely have a talented guy in that backfield. So, um, yeah, ended up in a tie. My key takeaways from this game is um, – so many opportunities to win on either side. Uh, very disappointing, um, especially the new look Browns. They have something to prove also. Um, they're, you know, coming in with, you know, first round pick overall, like first overall pick in a franchise quarterback that they're hoping to put in when he's already. They're kind of just, uh, you know, grooming him for now under Tyrod Taylor. And then you got. Um, all new receiving core, Jarvis, like I said, stepping up in the game, Josh Gordon coming back. Um, you know, you got to be excited to watch um, the Cleveland Browns play. Um, but their defense, uh, I watch, what I key takeaway I can get out of them is I'll, I'll mention one play on defense, for example, uh, uh, Jabril Peppers, um, I believe it was an interception or a fumble recovery. I'm not, I actually don't really recall. It was a little while ago. But um, I just remember that run that he almost took it to the house and he just came up short. And as a New Jersey native and uh, Jabril Peppers coming out of New Jersey, that's a guy you definitely want to see get in the end zone and be the it factor of that game, coming to making them come out with a W. Instead, they come out with a tie. Um, still a lot left to see uh, on that Browns team. But um, anyway, the Steelers also had 
their opportunities to score. And, uh, you know, again, Ben was definitely um, a reason why uh, they couldn't get much going. But, again, it's such steal- it's such a Steelers thing to happen that their offense looks good, but um, they just don't have the opportunity to score like they did. And then, again, um, you have Zane Gonzalez missing a field goal at the end. Um, I actually have a stat on T.J. Watt, who did block that field goal. Um, T.J. Watt had 11 tackles, four sacks, and a, a, a potential game-winning field goal. Um, his four sacks are second most by a Steeler player since Chad Brown, who had four and a half in a game. And that goes to show you that that's a playmaker on their defense that's going to step up and be that leader um, after losing uh, Shazier, who's a really big loss for those guys. He was the leader back there, tough guy, and everyone wanted to play with him. Um, he was definitely someone you wanted to play with. And... Um, you know, if someone is going to be there for that Steelers team that's going to try to get them wins, regardless if it's a tie or not, um, he's going to be the guy to step up. And obviously all the Watts are pretty tough. Um, so that should tell you more than enough um, how the Steelers defense is going to pan out the rest of this year. So let's move on a little bit here. We got the Bengals-Colts. I'm not going to stay on this game a little too much. Um, it was definitely a close game out to the very end. Uh, final score was Bengals 34, Colts 23. Um, let's start with the Colts offense here. We had uh, Andrew Luck um, throwing 39 completions on 53 attempts. You could tell that they kind of wanted to use him a lot more after missing him last year. Having Jacoby Brissett back there definitely limited their passing game. Uh, weren't able to use their weapons as much. But um, there were as much as he threw that game, it really, it really wasn't – you know, too too rough of um, a chance that they took. Um, they pretty much kind of just had the had the plays drawn up in a sense that he was comfortable with. Again, he hasn't thrown a football in two years up till training camp, maybe a little before that because of his arm surgery, um, shoulder surgery. Uh, but he had 319 yards to the air, two touchdowns and an interception. And, you know, even though he threw that interception, he really wasn't having a bad game before that. So that shouldn't go to show any Colts fans that he's, you know, kind of rusty coming out because uh, that was the, I believe that was his first throw coming back into the season was an interception. But, you know, again, as many times as he's thrown that game, he definitely produced. And I think he's, it's only going to go up from here. Um, but anyway, let's take a look at their running game. Not much going on there. You had Wilkins having uh, 14 rushes, 40 yards with the loss of Marlon Mack. Um, I believe when he gets back, he's going to make an impact. But um, as of now, with all these injuries going on with him, uh, who knows what their season's going to look like moving forward. If they don't have a running game going, Andrew Luck is going to end up having to throw 50 times like he did that game. Uh, anyway, let's go to their receiving. Uh, eight receptions uh, for Grant, 59 yards. Um, a lot of active, you know, receive in the receiving game, like I said, since he's thrown that many times. So even though it sounds like, you know, there's a lot of targets on one person, especially if you're looking at these players in fantasy, um, to see who you want to pick up on the Colts offense. Um, as of now, um, it's going to look like uh, there's going to be a lot of targets for some people, but it's kind of just Andrew Luck just tossing it out there because their running game really can't get going that much. Um, you have Jack Doyle, seven uh, receptions and 60 yards. He looked like he was having a good game. Um, he looked like to be the number one tight end over there in Indianapolis, especially adding um, Eric Ebron. Um, he had somewhat of a good game also, four receptions, 51 yards. But back to Jack Doyle, he had that one um, fumble that cost him the game pretty much. They are pretty much in it till the very end. And after seeing that happen, you kind of flip the channel, move on to the next game. So... Uh, that was that's pretty much the sum up of all of that. Um, both defense didn't look fantastic to me. Um, 
Colts definitely have a lot of work to do on their defense and the Bengals. Uh, bringing back guys they know who can get the job done. So, you know, maybe they'll step up later on, especially getting these big contracts um, for and extensions. Uh, you know, they got to get the job done. And um, Bengals won't have, you know, fantastic games like this that much moving forward, especially the division that they're playing in. Um, but uh, they snuck one out here in Indianapolis with the return of Andrew Luck. Um, you have uh, T.Y. Hilton, five receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he was obviously less active in the receiving game because he's more of a deep ball guy, um, you know, slant guy who can, can t- burst for another, like, 50-yard gain. Um, but, again, uh, you can see these tight ends are going to be very involved. So I would keep a lookout in fantasy for Jack Doyle. He's going to be that guy who's going to get dump-offs to him, and he's just going to have, you know, kind of game, kind of a game like this, and seven yards, 60 to 90. Uh, I mean, uh, seven receptions, 60 to 90 yards possibly, um, and a touchdown. So I feel like that's a big upside. Um, so if you're, looking, if you're streaming any tight ends this week, I would go straight to Jack Doyle and um, stream uh, Eric Ebron a little bit. Um, I would just keep an eye on him in case um, his uh, playing, you know, um, takes a step up. Again, he was a first-round pick um, in his draft class, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, if there might be a lot of talent there, he definitely has a better uh, quarterback, and if not, a more of an even-type um, quarterback throwing to him and Andrew Luck with uh, Matt, Matt Stafford throwing him uh, – Throwing to him last season um, wasn't very productive there, but who knows, the game plan could change. Anyway, moving on from this game, um, you got Titans-Dolphins. Again, a game I don't want to take too much time on. This game, a lot of delays, so I was definitely focusing on other games more than this one. Um, but it's still an exciting game, and I'm very glad about that. Week one, you definitely want to see some exciting games and close games happen and see which team compos- uh, comes out with the victory. So you have Ryan Tannehill coming back on that Dolphins offense. Uh, 20 completions, 28 uh um, attempts, uh, 230 yards through the air, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, definitely, uh, you know, not a bad game coming out of Ryan Tannehill considering that he's been out for so long and Jay Cutler taking his place. Um, just to remind everyone, Ryan Tannehill um, wasn't the worst quarterback when he was leading this team. He definitely, I believe his team was much better when um, right before he got injured, but, you know, he could still step up and, you know, get this team in a position to stay in the game and, you know, not get blown out. Um, anyway, let's take a look at the backfield here. You have uh, Frank Gore running 14, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, nine rushes, 61 yards. Uh, Kenyon Drake, 14 rushes, 48 yards. And you could tell what was going on here in this backfield. Um, Kenyon Drake, um, they definitely want him to step up and take the, you know, next step in being that number one um you know, uh, back that can uh, be their third down back and just, you know, be the workhorse and, you know, take hard hits and keep moving his feet. And um, you can tell that they brought in Frank Gore. If anything happens to Kenyon Drake, if he just doesn't pan out the way they want him to, um, they'll definitely use Frank Gore and they're not afraid to. So Kenyon Drake should see that more as a, like a threat to him, not necessarily a threat in losing his job, but a threat as in if he's not going to perform, they have a guy more than capable, a future Hall of Famer that could, you know, take the mantle there for another year until he figures out how he could step up his game. But anyway, 14 rushes um, for Kenyon Drake definitely shows that, you know, they're going to give him more of the workload more than Frank Gore. But again, if they have to, they'll definitely give it to Frank Gore if they need to. Um, let's take a look at the receiving here. You have Kenny Stills. It was a Kenny Stills 
still show he's the one who got them back in the game. He's the one that pretty much got them to victory. Four receptions, 106 yards, two touchdowns. This guy you got to watch out for in fantasy. You got Devontae Parker not stepping up his game. Um, so Kenny Stills is definitely going to be that guy that, you know, uh, again, Ryan Tannehill has an arm. Let's not forget, he can definitely toss it downfield. Um, he hurt his leg, not his arm, so obviously he's been throwing a football regardless if he um, is fully healed or not or if he gets you know, injured anytime soon. Um, uh, so Kenny Stills is going to open, open up the field a little bit. He's going to go deep, and he's going to come down with the ball. And you saw that, you saw that last year, definitely. Um, he's more than capable of doing that. And he, I feel like he's kind of old reliable there in Miami. Um, if anything goes wrong, Kenny Stills is going to you know, show out a little bit. So let's move on. Uh, Four receptions, 26 yards for Danny Amendola. Uh, hopefully they can get his uh, productivity going a little more. Again, Amendola coming out of uh, New England, people ex- people's expectations were that you know Amendola was just going to go get his money. Uh, this is pretty much what he's doing in Miami. He has nothing else to prove. He's got two rings, um, playing with the best of the best, the best quarterback in the league right now. And um, I, I think he's still a talented guy. If you give him all the productivity that they had in New England, which was, you know, the, the security blanket that he is in that receiving core, you can definitely change the game for people. Um, yeah, Albert Wilson, a new addition to the team also, three receptions, 31 yards. Um, they, again, this is such a, this is a very Albert Wilson type game. He had these type games in Kansas City. If they need him to be involved, he will, but I feel like he's not going to step up as much as Amendola or uh, Kenny Stills. Uh, Kenyon Drake getting involved in the um, run in the passing game, three receptions, 18 yards, um, not much there. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the Titans offense. Um, a lot of injuries here, unfortunately. Taylor Lewin on the offensive line is a big loss. Um, you got Delaney Walker also, giant loss. It was, I feel like it was Mariota's um, also security blanket there, but he was also such a great skill player that um, he could get it done. He could, you know, put them back on the board. And like, if, if these players are still in the game, Tennessee was more than capable of coming out with the win. But um, let's take a look here. I have the stats for Mariota nine. Completions, 16 attempts, 103 yards, two interceptions. So he wasn't having that much of a great game um, before the injury that took him out. Um, then we got Blaine Gabbert, who was the fill-in, who had 11 completions on 22 attempts, 117 yards to the air, and an interception. Um, you know what else can you say? Blaine Gabbert has been the backup role for a long time now, and um, you know that's pretty much all you can do in that scenario. It's it's a tough loss. Mariota is definitely a big part of that team as much as everyone else. He's a leader. Um, he's a Russell Wilson type player. I feel like, um, you know, if he could, he's good at using his legs, he's athletic. Um, so that's a giant loss and, um, you should be careful with the Titans moving forward. I'm going to move on to the, uh, rushing, um, backfield here and I'm going to explain as to why um, this backfield is going to be integral, an integral part of this offense since losing Delaney Walker and um, possibly Mariota um, if you know if hopefully he gets better and he gets back in there but um, let's see you got Deion Lewis 16 rushes 75 yards and a touchdown something I would definitely was not expecting um, I figured Tennessee signed Deion Lewis to be more involved in the passing game um, instead of the rushing game, but they gave him more rushes than Derrick Henry. Pretty quiet game for him. 10 rushes, 26 yards. Um, I feel like they need to unleash Henry, man. Uh, They did that last year um, against the Patriots, and it definitely showed that he's a player that's been, you know, this always second choice to everyone. And I feel like bringing in Deion Lewis was kind of just like a safety thing and using him as receiving to kind of open up the game more for Derrick Henry when he's got to run and be the three down back. But um, maybe it was just week one, um, you know, the delays. Maybe they wanted to kind of come out and show that, you know, 
we're not just going to rely on Derrick Henry to run this offense. So Deion Lewis is definitely a bright spot for them. Keep an eye out for him on fantasy. Um, this backfield, like I said, is going to be integral an integral part of this offense moving forward, mostly because um, if Mariota is going to be injured and nurse that elbow or um, the loss of Delaney Walker, like I said, is pretty tough. And losing a, a lot, very important lineman, um, you're going to have to use a bruiser. And it looks to me Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, whichever one, um, Deion Lewis is going to be able to dodge those big tackles and Henry is just going to bruise through and that's going to keep him on the board. So hopefully the, their quiet stats other than Deion Lewis is going to pick up in the future. Let's move on to the receiving here. We got Corey Davis, six receptions, 62 yards. Another person they got to unleash a little bit more, Corey Davis, a first-round pick. Um, they definitely needed help in that receiving course. So to me, when I saw that pick, it was definitely a good pick uh, to choose because um, – they ne- they don't really have much of a number one receiver. They had Rashard Matthews having a good um, year a good year about a year or two ago. I'm not sure um, if that's accurate or not, but I remember he had a pretty good season. I thought he was going to be the number one, but again, he definitely wasn't enough. And he's a more than serviceable number two, especially with Corey Davis coming in. So hopefully they can find him in the end zone sometime soon. Um, Delaney Walker, before he got taken out of the game, four receptions, 52 yards. Again, a giant loss. Um, He's the guy if no one's going to be open in that limited receiving core. And since Corey Davis is still a question mark there, um, the guy who's going to be your sure enough um, athlete that's going to get the ball and make a play it was Delaney Walker. Now he's gone. So, And Deion Lewis getting involved in the passing game too, which is exactly what they – uh, signed him for, but um, this is pretty good knowing that he can rush also, but he had five receptions, 35 yards. Um, Tajay Sharp, one reception, 17 yards. I remember um, I thought he was going to be an integral part of that offense like a year or two ago um, whenever he was drafted or signed, um, but um, it looks to me he's kind of just going to be you know, expanding the field a little bit, opening it up to everyone else. Um, Anyway, that's about it on that game. Lots of delays. Maybe it was just a week one thing. We'll see when week two comes around what these two teams do. I'm going to keep a close eye on them um, and see what they're going to do with their players moving forward. Uh, Next game, uh, Vikings 49ers. Um, not much to say here. It was the Harrison Smith show. To me, that's what I got taken. Uh, what I took out of that, their defense played well in general. Um, but Harrison Smith, Harrison Smith is just, you know, a tough, tough safety, and he could make plays he he's almost the type of guy you can put anywhere and he'll succeed in it he's just that good of a player um final score for this game was 24 16 vikings took the w let's take a look at their offense their new look offense um, their new quarterback kirk cousins uh 20 completions on 36 throws just about a kirk cousins type um activity that you're gonna have um 244 yards two touchdowns no interceptions um if if you're a vikings fan you got to be refreshed uh looking at that um Case Keenum definitely had a great year last year, but Kirk Cousins, um, again, week one uh, against uh, a team, but another team with question marks. They have, you know, they have high hopes on the 49ers also, but Kirk Cousins, once he gets up and going, um, who there's who knows what's going to happen with this offense? They're just going to, you know, take down teams left and right. So let's take a look at the rushing. Um, backfield here. You got uh, Latavius Murray, 11 rushes, 42 yards, and uh, Dalvin Cook, 16 rushes, 40 yards. Um, just about an even game uh, yards-wise in that backfield. So hopefully uh, Dalvin Cook is nice and healthy after coming off that um, ACL injury. Um, he was he definitely had a high like high usage last year, and if they do that more again this year, they have, they have Latavius Murray to help out if he needs to, and that's exactly what they did this game. They kind of made it even. They kind of wanted to give uh, Dalvin Cook a little more 
productivity. Um, but again, uh, Latavius Murray kind of dug into his, um, you know, rushing a little bit. Uh, Kirk Cousins using his feet a little bit for rushes, 26 yards. Expect that a lot more. Um, people, you know, uh, teams are definitely going to game plan around that more. But Kirk Cousins, when he was with uh, the Redskins, um, he was more than capable of scoring touchdowns with his feet, especially in the red zone, which they uh, are going to get to get into the red zone a lot this season, especially with this offense. So let's take a look at the receiving here. Adam Thielen having an Adam Thielen type game from last year. Um, you know, th- this is just the story of, you know, that just keeps on going. An undrafted guy, um, Minnesota native, and uh, six receptions, 102 yards. Um, didn't reach the end zone, but again, this guy is all reliable for them, and um, they're they're very lucky to have him on that team. Um, he's a talented guy. He's more than willing to hold his own, and definitely do not underestimate him. Uh, we got Dalvin Cook getting uh, some uh, productivity um, in the receiving game. Six uh, receptions, 55 yards. Not sure if this is the route they're going to take, um, if they want to use Latavius Murray for as like a bruising type back. And then obviously Dalvin Cook is more than capable of doing the same thing. But um, if he can take a jab at receiving like he did uh, last year, if not even better, um, they're going to be just fine there. So you got Stephon Dix, three receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Um, in the preseason, Kirk Cousins uh, seemed to be favoring uh, Stephon Dix to be the guy to reach in the end zone. Um, if there's someone that he's not going to find open um, on a play, I feel like Stephon Dix is going to be immediately the guy they're going to throw to. So expect more usage from him. And um, if they can't get him the ball, if there's tough matchups, Adam Thielen's going to have a great year also. So if one person is not going to have a great game, um, it's definitely going to be the other guy. And Kirk Cousins is going to get them that ball. And we saw that on the Redskins, especially since now since he has a better line. He has a better receiving core, the best he's had his whole career. So we'll take a look, and we'll keep a close eye uh, moving forward. So you have Ladarcus Treadwell, uh, two receptions, 18 yards. Um, I feel like this guy um, isn't going to have much much usage in this offense unless he really needs to. Um, it's kind of been the story of his career up to this point. Um, but again, if he needs to step up, um, you know, I'm not sure how much usage they're going to get out of him. But um, he's a big question mark to me. Um, and then you got Kyle Rudolph having a Kyle Rudolph-type game, one reception, 11 yards, and that uh, one catch made it into the end zone. And I feel like that's a very – if Kyle Rudolph isn't going to have the type of game to have seven receptions and, like, 60 to 90 yards, then this is going to be that type of Kyle Rudolph game, which, as a fantasy owner, you got to be excited about. Um, that one reception, um, I think, ended with uh, seven points on his part. So as long as he reaches the end zone and eventually during the season, again, this guy barely gets injured. He's always on the field. If he's going to have a lot of usage, I feel like, you know, again, tight end is the quarterback's best friend. So coming off the line, the short dump offs, if again, if someone's not open, um, you know, they got a, tight, like a very nice receiving core. And if Kyle Rudolph can stay as athletic and um, freakish like he is, he's definitely going to be able to uh, uh, change the game for them. And that's about it. Um, again, like, uh, Jimmy G had a rough game, so let's move on to their offensive stats here. Jimmy G, 15 completions, 33 attempts, two, 261 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions, which I believe he could have easily had two touchdowns and three interceptions, mostly because he threw to Pierre Garçon in the end zone, who had a very catchable ball, just had to come down with it, and that's something. If he's He was not around last year, so if he's going to be your top guy, he's got to come down with the ball, and that's what's going to be a game-changer. Um, that, that play would have you know put them in a place that 
kept them in the game. Instead, it, it kind of looked in the perspective of everyone else that it was the Vikings game to win, especially on defense. Uh, let's take a look at their backfield. A lot of question marks here, especially with the loss of Jarek McKinnon, um, ACL injury out for the season. Alvin Morris, 12 rushes, 38 yards. And Matt Breida, 11 rushes, 46 yards. If there's anyone that you're going to see in this backfield make a difference um, with Jarek McKinnon's absence, Matt Breida is going to. He's been their guy before as a second guy uh, to Carlos Hyde. And um, he's had his good weeks and he's had his bad weeks. Um, so if there's anyone that's just going to fill in that role, Matt Breida should be the guy. And hopefully they get him some productivity there since their backfield has always had uh, questions. And, um, again, Kyle Shanahan is the type of guy to use his running backs, um, especially in the receiving game. So uh, let's take a look at their um, receiving core here. George Kittle, five receptions, 90 yards. Keep an eye out for him. He's actually going to be a top you know, five tight end coming off the waivers um, in fantasy uh, because, you know, J- Jimmy Garoppolo, new new quarterback in the scene, he – um, this is his first season coming out um, as the official starter, especially earning the big bucks on this contract, um, making him one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league, and rightfully so. You find that quarterback that you know is going to get it done, and you give him the money. Um, and you know uh, he has you know a lot of we- a lot of weapons that are at a variety there. There's really no one receiver there. Um, but um, if there's anyone that he's going to throw to that's going to make a difference, George Kittle is going to be the guy. I believe George Kittle dropped a reception that easily could have been caught that whenever he was wide open I'm not sure how that happened but um anyway um expect games from him to look up moving forward you got uh, Trent Taylor uh four receptions 28 yards um, I feel like he's kind of the security blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I really didn't see much productivity from him from last year until Garoppolo came around, and he kind of uh, scored some touchdowns for him there. Um, we got a use check, one reception, 56 yards. Um, I feel like he's not going to dig into much of the you know, receiving game, as people think. Um, I feel like Matt Breed is going to step it up a little more. He had one reception for five yards. Uh, not much there, but I feel like um, use check is just going to be a game, you know, game – pace changer in a sense and then garcon two receptions 21 yards one of them he should have caught in the end zone um and but he dropped it so anyway i'm not going to spend too much time on these guys key takeaways from this game is vikings are just dominant and uh, 49ers just have to cope with the injuries that they sustained in the preseason and now Jarek mckinnon um definitely a tough loss and if there's a bright side out of this jimmy garoppolo held I, I believe held his own as much as possible um he hasn't started that many games and he dropped a touchdown on them and one of them should in another throw he made should have been a touchdown and um again 24 to 16 wasn't a blowout but also you know wasn't you know too much of a close game either so um anyway let's move on here you got the texans and patriots patriots winning 27 to 20 um let's take a look at you know the patriots stats here you have tom brady 26 completions 39 yards two uh 39 attempts excuse me uh 277 yards three touchdowns and an interception um you know considering the talent that they have in that receiving core three touchdowns and an interception is not a bad game in any means um it's tom brady he's gonna get it done and after seeing that game, you know, whoever's in their receiving core, he's going to get it to someone. 
and um, he's just going to get it done. So uh, let's take a look at their backfield, which there's a lot of question marks here. Uh, bringing in Sonny Michelle, who did not play this game. He's still nursing his knee a little bit. Um, and as expected, Rex Burkhead was going to be their uh, number one back. 18 uh, rushes, 64 yards. Um, you know, that's as much of a Rex Burkhead game you're going to get. And you have uh, James White, you know, change of pace type back. Um, he's always been that guy. If, if there's, no one's going to pan out for them, James White's going to step up. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, five rushes, 18 yards. Uh, Jeremy Hill, uh, unfortunately for him, he's out for the season with an ACL tear. Uh, four rushes, 25 yards. He definitely would have been another, uh, you know, change of pace type back. He would have, you know, uh, definitely been that bruiser. If they're on the one yard line, they can give it to him. He can get in there. Um, Cordell Patterson, um, I don't know. I guess they used him because he's a fast guy. Three, uh, three rushes, 13 yards. And uh, let's take a look at their receiving core here. They unleash Gronk this game. I repeat, they unleash Gronk. And if anyone has him on their fantasy team, I would be very excited with his future on this team during the season. Seven receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. He's going to be Tom Brady's guy. Um, if he's going downfield on a team, uh, you know, uh, at least two of those plays are going to be for a big gain straight to Gronk. So him making it in the end zone just makes his fantasy production um, just ten times better. And I would just be excited having that number one tight end on your team. Um, then you got uh, Philip Dorsett, seven receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. He's kind of going to be that, you know, I know – Rob Gronkowski's a tight end, but he's going to be that, you know, number one receiver in a sense. But I would say number two, just because Gronk is just too much of a beast not to throw to. So if Dorsett is healthy and um, he shows that he's the first round talent that he was in his draft class, that he'll be able to get it done, especially with the goat throwing to him. You got James White taking a uh, part in that uh, receiving. Um, game a little bit um, as you know as he's been doing for years now four receptions 38 yards and a touchdown made it to the end zone I definitely keep an eye on him he's definitely going to be a game changer especially in PPR leagues um, like he does every year so if there's any safe pick he's the guy and um, if he's in uh, you know if he's a free agent um, in your league I would take a look at the waiver wire pick him up if you're in PPR leagues especially and you got Chris Hogan uh, not taking you know much damage in this game. He only had one reception, 11 yards. Um, if they use him a little more, um, I'm actually glad that they didn't because that shows that Tom Brady with someone like Dorsett, who he's not, he's not familiar with as much. He was on the team last year, um, but, you know, he didn't play considering all the weapons they already had using. And uh, Hogan, a guy that Tom Brady's very familiar with, he didn't use at all. So that just goes to show you Tom Brady is just going to get it to anyone who's there. And regardless of your game plan, um, he's just that skilled that he's going to get it done. So let's take a look at the Texans' offense here. Uh, a lot of question marks here. And um, a lot of people I, I know from what I've listened to, podcasts and analysts, that it showed um, that, you know, it, Deshaun Watson coming back from an ACL injury. Um, he's already hurt those knees before that surgery previously that, um, you know, we weren't sure what kind of game he was going to have. I actually heard a lot of analysts say that he was going to come back just like he was before, and I thought they were out of their mind for thinking that. So uh, Deshaun Watson, 17 completions on 34 attempts, 176 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Um, not too bad of a game on his part. He's definitely had better games, especially last year on that six-game run that he had. Um, but uh, he's gonna. He def this is definitely a warm up. You know, again, week one uh, against one of the best teams in the league that makes it the Super Bowl year in and year out. Um, definitely not the worst game in the world, but definitely not the best. I would say also they got their uh, backfield um, 
working a little bit. You had uh, Lamar Miller, uh, 20 rushes, 98 yards. Um, I feel like he's going to be more involved in that offense a little bit. Um, and if he isn't, um, we've seen what his productivity is back there. If he's not used at all, um, they'll get the receiving game going as Deshaun Watson is able to do, especially if he uses his legs. And speaking of that, he had eight rushes himself for 40 yards, so expect him to use his legs a lot more. looks like his knee is just fine, um, but especially, I don't know if anyone caught it, but at the end of the game after he threw that deep ball that um, that they tried to throw to tie the game up, he got down and started stretching. Um, I guess he kind of like tweaked something a little bit. Not sure what. Maybe he's fine. I didn't really get any updates on that. But um, you got Alfred Blue, Alfred Blue, excuse me, Alfred Blue, <laughs> having five rushes, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Kind of vulturing from Lamar Miller, and um, hopefully Lamar Miller can punch it in the end zone um, before Alfred Blue could take you know uh, part in that. So. Um, Let's take a look at the receiving here. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, he's going to have a big productivity um, type game. Um, he had eight receptions, 78 yards. Um, you had uh, who else here? Uh, Lamar Miller taking place in here, only a one reception, 11 yards. Um, you had Ellington, um, four receptions, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Um, kind of being, I think, I believe it was late in the game that they threw to him. So other than that, it was pretty much uh, not much going on on that offense. So moving forward. Um, uh, Tex, Texans just need to step up their defense a little bit. I know they're reversing one of the most high-powered offenses um, in the NFL, um, but having J.J. Watt back and um, Jadavian Clowney, that should be more than enough to get it done. Um, th- that's just, uh, just people on the line that any other team in the NFL would die for. So if uh, their defense could step up a little bit, I, I believe Honey Badger um, – you know he's going to get much better throughout the season too. So if the you know, I feel like if it's not one season where their offense is great, their defense is going to be great. And I feel like this might just might be one of their seasons. And by midseason, hopefully uh, their offense and defense will start to click. Uh, moving forward, we got the Bucks and the Saints, one of the highest um, scoring games um, in a season opener in NFL history. You got the Bucks winning 48 to 40. Um, the Saints had a down defensive game, but let's get started on the Saints offense because what I'm about to read to you, you're going to be like, uh, not sure how they lost because everyone was pretty much at the top of their game. Um, we got uh, Drew Brees, 37 completions, uh, 45 attempts. That's just as much they're going to use him um, as they've been doing for years now. 439 yards and three touchdowns um, early on in the game. He was already on pace to have more than 500. Um, but again, that stat line just goes to show you that Saints offense did not have a bad game. It was their defense. Um, Alvin Kamara unleashing everything he had in this game. He had three touchdowns and in the rushing game, he had eight rushes, 29 yards and two touchdowns. So if he's not going to have, um, high, pro- high productivity type game, with 15 rushes, it's just, he's just not that type of player. He's going to be very involved in the passing game. And when Mark Ingram comes back, um, definitely expect him to take some of that, um, you know, productivity away from him. You have Mike Gillisley, uh three rushes, nine yards, not really digging deep into Alvin Kamara's production, especially after his fumble. Expect Kamara's uh, usage to go up a lot. Um, let's move on to the receiving here. Michael Thomas having a monster, monster game. 16 receptions, eight, 180 yards, and a touchdown. 16 receptions. Yes, you heard right, 16 receptions. If that doesn't tell you who's the number one in New Orleans, now you know. And I believe we already did know that last year, Michael Thomas being one of those fantasy players that you can catch in later on in the first round, maybe early on in the second round. Um, and especially after this game, you already know that who 
Drew Brees is looking for immediately. And if it's not him, it's going to be Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, nine receptions, 112 yards and a touchdown. This dude is absolutely insane. He could literally do it all. And these guys got a steal in, third, in the third round, grabbing Alvin Kamara. Um, you got Ted Ginn. Um, I, I really think that he is going to, you know, extend the field a little bit if if Drew Brees is going to go downfield it's definitely to Ted Ginn five receptions 68 yards and he actually made the end zone so again if he didn't have that touchdown um he was still having a somewhat of a decent game so definitely stream him if you're looking for a flex or a fill-in on a bye week again it's only week one but definitely keep an eye on uh Ted Ginn and then uh that's about it from them uh you know they don't really use their tight ends too much uh Hill only had one reception uh for 15 yards so uh, that's definitely a good thing for Saints fans. Um, Drew Brees is going to get it done. He's going to get it to his receivers and not rely on uh, dumping it off to their tight ends as like most um, quarterbacks in the league do. Um, at least he's a sure thing there. So let's move on to the Bucks here. Very strange stat line. You had Ryan Fitzmagic, as I'm hearing this week. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 21 completions on 28 attempts. And get this, 417 yards through the air, four touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. Um, absolutely insane. Again, week one, you never know what's going to happen. And this is that type of game, um, what gets people um, worried about betting on anything week one. So you have uh, Peyton Barber, 19 rushes, six, 69 yards. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 12 rushes, 30, 36 yards. And, of course, that touchdown I spoke about earlier. Surprisingly, Jaquiz Rogers, Jaquiz Rogers only had two rushes on one y- for one yard, and um, I seriously thought he was going to be the number one back after Doug Baldwin left. I feel like they were actually going to unleash him. He actually did have some good usage whenever Doug Baldwin was not playing, especially in fantasy. A lot of people picked him up um, when Doug Baldwin went. Doug Baldwin went down, or he had a suspension. He was the guy that was going to reach the end zone, and Payne Barber seems to be the guy with nearly 20 rushes and. Um, it looks to me that he might be the number one back there, and hopefully Jaquiz Rogers steps it up because um, he's definitely talented enough to run that backfield on his own. Uh, we got uh, Mike Evans, seven receptions, 147 yards, and a touchdown. Everyone thought that uh, Mike Evans wasn't going to have as good of a year as he did, um, especially with Jameis Winston being out, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, people weren't too high on him getting it done, but he did. So just an athletic guy. Um, he can get the ball when you need him to. Um, not the not the best at separation, but he's just he can jump over people and get that get the ball. So and a giant game from Deshaun Watson. Um, I mean Deshaun Jackson, excuse me, who got it done. Five receptions, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Again, exactly what they signed him up for. He's that deep ball guy, um, and if you know, again, he's been athletic as he seems as athletic as he was a couple years back. Um, yeah, Adam Humphreys, um, just that tiny slot guy that if they need to get it to him, they will. Three receptions, 27 yards. My key takeaways from this game, and you already know what I'm going to say, the Saints defense needs to wake up. Um, I know they're probably just high on having both defensive and offensive rookie of the year on their team. Um, they were coming out from last year after losing a giant game to the Vikings, so that should have sent them a message that we need to come out next year and show that we are no slouch. We can make it to the Super Bowl if we want to, and they didn't do that, and they let Fitzpatrick run all over them. Um, not sure what happened. I, I guess they kind of just let it pass by. They just thought that, you know, they're the same team as last year. We're going to beat them, 
and they let up and they lost and they lost this game. Um, they're all, you couldn't have asked any more from the Saints' offense. Um, they worked their tail off to even stay in the game to compete with 40 points on the board. Um, so their defense needs to step up, especially with their quarterback working that hard. Um, with the talent that he has on offense, he's going to get it done. But they have two times the talent, especially on that defense, with Davenport coming in. Um, we have um, Marcus Williams from last year who has something to prove, especially missing that tackle on Stephon Diggs. Um, and then, obviously, Marshawn Lattimore being the guy, um, he's got to get it done. Um, you know, again, he's a young guy. He's got a lot to learn. He had a fantastic year last year, um, definitely showing that, being a rookie, um, you could make a giant difference, and you could, and a young team can make it to the playoffs. And all these, th- that those three talents alone that I mentioned, and I haven't even mentioned Cam Jordan yet, um, that th- they're supposed to get it done. If th- the offense can't, that defense needs to step it up and win them some games. So moving on here, let's move on to the Jags Giants game. Uh, Jaguars coming out on top, twenty to fifteen. Let's take a look at the Gi- look at the Giants stat line here. Their new look offense and new look team as a whole. Twenty. Uh, um, Eli Manning, 23 completions on 37 um, attempts, 224 yards, uh, no, not not one touchdown throw and an interception, and that interception was uh, due to Eric Flowers, um, their offensive line. Um, every, I guess everyone thought that they they were it was going to be much improved, and it wasn't, especially after Eric Flowers moving to right tackle at where he was drafted. Um, everyone thought that, all right, he's more comfortable there than on the left, obviously, especially after signing Solder, a guy who's been there before, has a ring, um, and Eric Flowers just, just I'm not sure what this guy's doing in the offseason to get better. doesn't seem like he is getting much better, and that's why the Giants declined his fifth-year option, and he will become a free agent after this year. And um, game one definitely showed us that, you know, if this, this guy may not even step up all season, he may even be benched. Who knows? Um, but anyway, moving on here. Let's take a look at their backfield. Um, everyone's excited to see Saquon Barkley after his performances in college and being the number two pick in the draft. Everyone definitely wanted to see what kind of talent he had. Um, Giants have not had a successful rusher. Um, I know last year Orleans Darkwa kind of stepped it up, stepped it up a little bit, but he's not that bruising back and athletic back that Saquon Barkley is. Saquon had 18 rushes on a, for 106 yards and a touchdown. And I want everyone to make this. I want to make this clear. Okay, he had a great game. Okay, but those 18 rushes show that they want to give him the ball a lot more. A lot more. Pat Shermer is definitely a run-first type, um, type head coach, and what he did in with the Vikings definitely showed. Especially when Dalvin Cook, like I mentioned before, his usage was high, and it's, and he likes he likes his rookie running backs, those young guys that can bruise their way. Um, to being a guy who could be talked about throughout the league. But um, if it wasn't for that breakaway 68-yard run for Saquon, that was his first rushing touchdown, it was a pretty quiet game for him. So I definitely keep an eye out um, for the rest of the season. Um, He's definitely versing a less talented defensive team um, in the Cowboys next week. Um, Going against the Jags, who were literally one game away or one play away from making it to the Super Bowl, um, he, he definitely put up a good game, but it would have been quiet if he did not break for that giant run. Um, but good on his part. He had a great opening game. Um, you can't take that away from him. Uh, not much else going on in that backfield. You know, as much as you're going to get from Wayne Gallman and Jonathan Stewart, there's not as much as you're going to get from Saquon. So let's take a look at their receiving uh, um, activity here. Uh, we have Odell going 11 receptions, 
111 yards, and he didn't reach the end zone that game. But that goes to show you that he's very much healthy, and he was going up against the best of the best. Um, he went up against um, Jalen Ramsey in uh, – especially one-on-one, he absolutely murdered him. Um, I don't think you could say anything much else about what happened in that game, Uh, but he definitely, versing Jalen Ramsey one-on-one, he torched him. Um, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Odell is just much more athletic, much faster, um, and much trickier to, you know, cover. And, um, you know, if there's anything to take away from Odell is that he's just going to be just fine this season. As long as he's healthy, he went up against Jalen Ramsey, one of the best corners um, in the league. And so we got uh, Sterling Shepard, five receptions, 48 yards. Um, Again, slot receiver, that's as much as he's going to get. But hopefully um, they use him a little bit more. Last year, with the absence of Odell, he definitely had a better season. So you got Barkley, uh, only two receptions, 22 yards. Hopefully he's in the receiving game a little more. That dude kind of reminds me of David Johnson a bit, and he can have those type of games that David Johnson had um, like two years ago that he, um, you know, again, an MVP-type caliber season because – He's uh, he's he can take place in that running game, so hopefully they you know give him some more receptions. You got Evan Ingram, uh, two receptions, 18 yards, and I from the jump I knew this was kind of expected. Um, with Odell coming back, the usage rates to Odell is going to be huge. Um, expect Evan Ingram's activity to drop a little bit, and he's not going to have the same year as last year. But if they absolutely need him to step up, there you guys have ever seen what he's already have seen what he's done last year. So, and then you have Rhett Ellison, only one reception, 16 yards. He's more of a, a blocking tight end than a receiving tight end. Um, and then you got Wayne Gallman, two receptions on nine yards. Um, again, this offense needs to step up a little bit. Eli's got to put the ball in the end zone receiving, but um, with the blocking he's getting, it may not, it may not you know, shine bright there in the receiving game, but um, they got a more than capable running back there. And after that can open them up. That If that running game that they haven't had, if – Saquon Barkley can keep this up. Odell's going to have even better games, and so is Sterling Shepard. So, and they stayed in this game, you know, twenty to fifteen. It came down to the last play, really, uh, not necessarily, but um, Giants definitely had a chance to win the game if it wasn't for that muffed punt. So anyway, let's take a look at the Jags' offense here. Not much going on here, so that should go to show you that. You know, uh, the Jaguars' offense may look a little iffy moving forward. So, Blake Bortles, 18 completions, 33 uh, on 33 attempts, 176 yards of the air, one touchdown, one interception. Um, you know, that's as much of a Blake Bortles game as you're going to get. Um, they extended this guy. I didn't really believe that he was going to be the talent, you know, for them to – you know, take that extra step to make it to the Super Bowl because their defense is that phenomenal. It it just, I guess, it doesn't really make him look as much better as his defense would be. Um, but anyway, let's take a look at their backfield here with Fournette um, being injured. You had T.J. Yeldon, 14 rushes, 51 yards. Um, Fournette, nine yards and nine receptions, nine rushes, excuse me, and 41 yards. Again, um, hopefully Fournette is going to be back from his injury and hopefully um he could repeat a season like he had last year um you have dd westbrook five receptions for 51 yards keelan cole three receptions 54 yards with the one reception being a 40 yard gain um austin safarian jenkins three receptions 25 yards tj yeldon three receptions 18 yards and that and one of those catches did make it to the end zone um lev leonard Fournette three receptions 14 yards and dante moncrief one reception 
um, and 14 yards. So it's still not really clear who the number one is here. Um, hopefully when Mercedes Lewis ever gets healthy again, he'll come back and he'll be that number one. But I believe they should use Keelan Cole a little more. He's definitely more athletic. He can definitely open up the field a bit. Again, that one catch went for around 40, 42 yards. And uh, again, this game was... Down to the wire a little bit. Uh, Giants stayed in the game against one of the best defenses, and uh, hopefully moving forward, um, Giants can stay in the game, and Jaguars, you know, they have a lot of question marks on their offense. They're definitely not an elite, off- elite offense by any means. Um, they got some light coming out of the backfield, especially in Fournette, but if he's injured, not much going on there. And I know TJ Yeldon is more than capable of, you know, having that usage, but he's definitely not as effective. Um, and, they're, again, their defense is just – so great and hopefully they can keep it up so moving forward here um, we got the Chiefs Chargers very interesting game and another question mark type game again week one you want to see all this uh, take place and the key takeaway for me was on the Chiefs Uh, Patrick Mahomes um, had a hell of a game Uh, 15 uh, completions on 27 uh, attempts 256 yards and four touchdowns and this was the Tyree kill show for them and mind you Patrick Holmes barely used Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey like Alex Smith would use last year this dude is so confident in his receivers he can sling it he could put it where it needs to be and I feel like Tyree kill as fast as he is I feel like that's a good combo for them anyway Kareem Hunt 16 rushes 49 yards not much going on there um, he's going to be the number one going forward. Um, again, he was kind of invisible late in the season last year and then kind of came back a little bit. So hopefully he can bring it back up a little bit and, um, that'll take the heat off Patrick Mahomes and make him look twice as much better. Um, Spencer Ware's coming back. Doesn't look like, um, he's going to be taking place in this offense as much as he did, um, when he became the number one before they drafted Kareem Hunt. Um, three rushes, 32 yards, not much going there. Um, let's take a look at their receiving uh, here. Uh, seven receptions, 169 yards, two touchdowns. It was the Tyree Kill show, man. I'm telling you, when he came out on that kick return, that just showed the type of game he was going to have. He, As soon as you get him going, there's no stopping him. He's way too fast. He's small, but um, he's just so athletic and such a freak of nature that um, he's going to be a giant game changer. Um, you got... Uh, Sammy Watkins, I, I figured he was going to have this type of game. Three receptions, 21 yards. They paid him the big bucks, but it doesn't look to me that he's going to be that number one guy, especially with the game Tyreek Hill had. Um, and Travis Kelsey, one reception, uh, six yards. That dude struggled all game long. But, um, again, Patrick Mahomes, if he's not – he's Travis Kelsey's not going to be the guy open. He doesn't lose faith in his game. He's got Tyreek Hill. He's got – he can make any weapon look very good in the game. And so um, – We'll take a look at the Chargers here. Um, we got Philip Rivers, 34, uh, 34 completions on 51 attempts, 424 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Um, we got Melvin Gordon, um, 15 rushes, uh, 64 yards. Austin Eckler, who I am going to mention right now, watch him, watch out for him on fantasy. Last year, you definitely saw that he's going to dig into the the usage that's coming out of that backfield. Melvin Gordon will be more than likely to hold up his own. Um, he definitely had a great fantasy game. He's a great fantasy player, but you know, um, when it comes to playing during the season, he may not be as great as everyone makes it out to be, um, as we've seen in the past. But um, there's always upside to Melvin Gordon. Um, he's going to have his great games receiving if he needs to. But, again, Austin Eckler is going to dig into that. Um, let's move on to receiving here. Um, we got um, 
Keenan Allen, eight receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Um, just, I'm so glad to see this guy be involved in this offense, especially having that that ruptured kidney two years ago, I believe. Um, this guy had so much talent, and he's definitely showing it, especially from last year. Um, again, Austin Ackler, five receptions, 87 yards, and a touchdown. He's going to be a big part of this passing game. Uh, Melvin Gordon, nine receptions, 102 yards. Um, this looks kind of like a two-headed monster back there. Um, but uh, again, Melvin Gordon was that number one guy, and now Austin Eckler digging into the offense. Um, you know, you definitely tend to see if one of these guys will get in the end zone, and one of them is just going to make a big play. So I feel like either or having one of them on their on your fantasy squad, um, he, either or is going to do great for you. Um, I would kind of wait on Austin Eckler a little bit um, and see what's going to happen because last year um, Melvin Gordon kind of took most the majority of the snaps and um, now this time Austin Eckler is uh, going to dig into that a little bit but we're not sure how the game plan changes week in and week out. So I'd wait on him in fantasy. If you are if you have a spot on your bench that you need to clear up for him, uh, go for it. I, I don't see any downside to this. You had uh, Mike Williams having a great game. Uh, he had five receptions, 81 yards. Um, then you got uh, Antonio Gates coming back, two receptions, 16 yards. He wasn't at all in camp. They kind of brought him up last second. So definitely not much uses coming out of him, but he's going to be all reliable if they need to use him. Um, again, key takeaways from this game, 38-28. to 28, um, That just showed how dominant the Chiefs might be on this offense moving forward. But again, Andy Reid um, just might, you know, regress a little bit again last year Alex Smith Alex Smith had MVP caliber in that first game against the Patriots and now you got a young guy who's more than capable of doing exactly what he did if not better having a better arm um so hopefully they keep up this type of play moving forward so let's move on here uh you got Seahawks, Broncos, uh, Broncos winning 27-24. Sloppy game on both teams' parts. Key takeaway here, Von Miller is just an ultimate beast. Um, he's just going to be that guy to be the game changer in defense. Um, even, even though losing their star players, now you're just going to see Von Miller step up more. So let's take a look at their new look uh, offense a little bit. Case Keenum leaving the Vikings to come to the Broncos. Uh, 25 completions on 39 attempts, 329 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, definitely not the best game. Uh, Case Keenum has done better, but you know he's just he's still going to be able to get in the end zone somehow. Um, and again, this is a whole new squad, so he doesn't have Adam Thielen, he doesn't have Stefan Diggs, but um, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are more than capable to do the same usage as those two if used correctly. So their backfield, um, very strange here. Um, Devontae Booker is kind of losing that, you know, every, everyone for years now after C.J. Anderson left and this guy being in that lineup, um, people thought he was eventually going to take the number one spot, but um, it doesn't look like it right now. Philip Philip Lindsay Philip Lindsay everyone needs to look out for in their fantasy um in their fantasy leagues because this guy had the same amount of same amount of rushes and same amount of yards as uh Royce Freeman except uh Philip Lindsay was very much involved in the in the passing game so that just goes to show you if Royce Freeman isn't going to get involved in that passing game that you know Philip Lindsay is and one of his two receptions for 31 yards made it to the end zone so that just makes his fantasy outlook 10 times better all right let's take a look at their receiving uh wide receivers here uh 
Emmanuel Sanders, 10 receptions, 100, 10 receptions, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Um, as of right now, I know it's only week one, but it kind of looks like uh, Case Keenum always likes to favor a, a, a receiver. Adam Thielen was that guy last year, and it looks to me now Emmanuel Sanders just might be that guy if there's no one to throw to. And even if there is someone to throw to, Demarius Thomas did not have a bad game at all. He had six receptions, uh, 63 yards, and a touchdown, and that one touchdown was almost called back, um, but he just got his two feet in. And again, Philip Lindsay making it into the end zone. Not much else going on there, so let's move on to the Seahawks offense. You have 19 completions and 30 on 33 attempts for Russell Wilson, 298 yards to the air, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. I saw early on in this game, the second uh, Seahawks got on that field, they immediately scored a touchdown with uh, Russell Wilson. So I was I was looking to see a monster game on his part. Uh, let's take a look at their rushing here. Very interesting here, and I'm going to have a hot take on here. Um, about this backfield not much of a hot take but hopefully um, you guys will understand where I'm coming from here you got Chris Carson seven rushes 51 yards Rashad Penny seven yards uh, seven rushes for eight yards now I want to talk about this for a bit Uh, Chris Carson was going to be their number one guy last year before breaking his ankle and I guess the Seahawks were in panic mode last year Um, they had that pick set up um for Rashad Penny, and honestly, I hope they look back now and realize they didn't need him, and um, the only reason uh, Russell Wilson had the game he played was because of his his line, so they really should have drafted someone that could have helped that offensive line in that first round. Again, it's a pick that's a, that will help them a lot in the, in the near future, and instead, um, now they're stuck with two running backs, um, that may or may not pan out the way they want them to. Again, Marshawn Lynch was that number one guy when he was around. Chris Carson eventually turned into that number one guy, especially when Eddie Lacy was around. So even if you have two good running backs in that backfield, who knows how they're going to be used. Um, again, they have the same the same amount of rushes as one another, but Chris Carson came out on top, and especially after seeing that play where he hurdled the player to gain a, another large gain. And that just goes to show you that the Seahawks probably regret drafting Rashad Penny, especially since he was more of a round two talent than a first round talent. All right, let's take a look at their uh, receiving stats here. Um, you could tell uh, their new tight end, Disley, um, dug into that role that Jimmy Graham had previously. Uh, three receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. And I believe that was a touchdown Russell Wilson had early on in the game was one of the first drives that they had. Um, that made into the end zone. So if there's anyone to look out for on tight ends, um, there's definitely more talent there. But um, he's going to see a lot of love there in the end zone. You got Tyler Lockett getting the big bucks over the the offseason. Three receptions, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Um, hopefully they get some more usage out of him. He's definitely a faster, a smaller type guy. Rashad Penny getting involved in the in the receiving game just as much as Chris Carson did. Uh, th- four receptions, 35 yards, three receptions, 28 yards between the two running backs. And then you had Brandon Marshall, three receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, hopefully Brandon Marshall will be that tall guy in the end zone that's just going to you know, take it away from the cornerback and, you know, get them that red zone, um, you know, uh, success that they really want to have. So um, anyway, moving on from this game, again, that was it was a very sloppy game on both offenses. And again, Von Miller is just another beast, and hopefully Bradley Chubb will step it out throughout the year also, especially after the loss of Aki Tlaib. So now those corners need to step it up a little more. 
let's take a look. Redskins, Cardinals. I'm not going to stick on this game that much. Redskins just flat out beat the Cardinals. Cardinals aren't looking so great on their offense. Uh, so let's take a look at their offense real fast. He had uh, Sam Bradford starting for them. I firmly believe Josh Rosen should have been. Josh Rosen should have been the one starting, and they, they should they should have that role that. Uh, the Jets are having right now. They're starting their their guy that they drafted early on, and you're having McCown, who had a fantastic year last year, and he was more than willing to start this year if he wanted to, or if they needed him to, which they didn't. So they want to use their their guy that they drafted, their quarterback. That's going to be the future, and um, I definitely think Bradford should have been um, played playing that role as mentor. But unfortunately, if you're going to pay that guy that much money. Um, I could definitely see why that they started him out as the starting quarterback. Again, 20, 20 completions, 34 attempts, 153 yards. As much as they th- as he threw, it was not a lot, and you could tell it was just short dump-offs. So definitely don't get his passer rating confused. I mean, and he had one interception, so definitely a poor game, poor game on his part. Uh, David Johnson coming back, nine rushes, 37 yards, pretty quiet game until he reached the end zone. Um, so glad to see him back from his wrist injury. Um, he'll definitely have bigger games moving forward, so keep an eye out on him. And then you have Larry Fitzgerald doing Larry Fitzgerald things, seven receptions, 76 yards. What more can you ask from uh, an old dog that's still putting up um, numbers that most receivers that are dra- drafted nowadays can barely put up? Oh, you have David Johnson, five receptions, 30 yards. He'll definitely be more involved in that pass, in that passing game for he is just that athletic and he could get it done. Um, then again, not much else. Uh, Christian Kirk, new guy coming in, one reception, four yards. Hopefully they can involve him a little more, but uh, hopefully Fitzgerald um, can mentor him moving forward. Let's take a look at the Redskins' new look offense. Um, almost entirely new, actually. Got a uh, new quarterback, Alex Smith, 21 uh, completions on 30 attempts. 255 yards, two touchdowns. Um, pretty Alex Smith type game. Um, I was I was actually expecting to see worse, but um, you might see worse when he versus uh, all the other teams that they have to go through throughout the year. You have Adrian Peterson being the number one guy after losing Darius Geis to an ACL injury. 26 yards, 90, 26 reception, 26 rushes. Excuse me, 96 yards and a touchdown. And uh, we got Chris Thompson, uh, kind of be the game, kind of being the change of pace type back. Um, five rushes, uh, 65 yards, and then you have Alex Smith using his legs a little bit like he usually does, especially when he was in Kansas City. Eight rushes, 14 yards, and then Fat Rob Kelly, uh, three rushes, seven yards. So he's definitely just a, a guy to take a break from when uh, Adrian Peterson just needs to. You know, take a breather. So let's take a look. They're receiving uh, Chris Thompson six yard, six receptions, sixty-three yards, and a touchdown. This guy is back as good as new as he was before his injuries. Um, if you have, if you see him in fantasy, if you guys didn't draft him just because he broke his leg, um, I would take a look at him and hopefully he's on some, on your guys' roster. Um, after clearing the waivers or if he's already drafted on your team, um, I would definitely put him in the flex spot if your flex spot's looking a little iffy. Um, we got uh, Jordan Reed having a pretty good game coming back. Um, he This guy is injury prone. Um, he hasn't been on the field lately. Everyone in fantasy is kind of like uh, he could be a top three tight end if he kind of stayed healthy. So um, 
Anyway, he had four receptions, 48 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Paul Richardson, four receptions, 22 yards, not much coming out of him. Uh, Jamison Crowder, three receptions, 32 yards. Adrian Peterson having uh, you know some uh, some productivity out of the backfield and receiving two receptions, 70 yards. He kind of broke off on that one play, which kind of added up. Josh Doxson, one reception, 11 yards. They definitely need to use him a lot more. He's definitely a guy who can change the game in a big way. Um, so, and they showed that showed last year, especially with Kirk Cousins. So hopefully they involve him a little more, but if they need anyone to throw to, who's going to get it done? Chris Thompson is going to be a giant game changer. And that's my key takeaway in this game is that Adrian Peterson can still run. And Chris Thompson is going to be that receiving back that is going to get them into the end zone, especially in uh, red zone situations. Uh, moving on here, we got the Cowboys Panthers game. Not going to spend too much time here either. Very boring, boring game. In my opinion, uh, Panthers took the win here, 16-8. to eight. Um, Let's take a look at the Panthers' offense. Um, lost a big, lost another big player, especially from last year, and I believe uh, I heard that Greg Olson refractured the same foot he did last year. So 17 completions, 26 attempts for Cam Newton, 161 yards through the air, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um that definitely showed that their passing game, even with um, Greg Olson earlier in the game, has to get going soon, especially with their new weapons such as DJ, DJ Moore and uh, McCaffrey coming back. Let's take a look at their rushing here. Uh, Newton rushed 13 times 58 for 58 yards and a touchdown. So if Cam Newton can get going through the air and can keep moving his feet like he did that game, um, they'll be just fine. So hopefully he can use his weapons the way that he used them when in his MVP season. Uh, McCaffrey, uh, 10 rushes, 50 yards, and he had that crucial fumble in the red zone, I believe. Um, and then they're receiving here. Uh, McCaffrey, six receptions, 45 yards. Um, he's just that type of receiving back like he did last year. So if you're going to ask him to rush, um, you know, have, seeing that fumble is definitely wasn't surprising. Um, he's a tough runner, but um, he's a better receiver in my opinion. Devin Funches, 33 receptions, 41 yards. Um, Greg Olson, two receptions, 33 yards for being taken out of the game. And uh, DJ Moore wasn't involved in this game at all. And he's the type of guy that is much better, I believe, than Funches overall. So hopefully I can get him going soon. Um, his weapons here aren't fantastic, especially after losing Greg Olson, makes it look 10 times worse. Um, so this win, even though it seemed massive, 16-8 isn't giant, but it definitely looked like they dominated, even though um, they didn't really dominate after reading these stats. So let's move on to the Cowboys here. Dak Prescott not having the best game either through the air, 19 completions on 29 attempts, 170 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um Zeke Elliott, 15 rushes, uh, 68 yards, uh, 69 yards, excuse me, and a touchdown. Um, they're definitely going to have to use him a lot more if Dak can't get things going through the air. Um, receiving here, uh, not much going on. Uh, Cole Beasley having a Cole Beasley type game. He's been around a while, so seven receptions, 73 yards. Um, Alan Hearns, one reception, 20 yards. Uh, again, people thought he was going to be the number one coming in. I don't see it. He wasn't even the number one in Jacksonville. So I don't think you're going to see much productivity out of him throughout the year. Um, again, Zeke Elliott, he's got to get more involved in the receiving game. But again, he's a bruiser type back, not much of a receiving type back. But he can get it done. Uh, Michael Gallup, their, uh, you know, their new rookie coming in. One reception, nine yards. If there's anyone that's going to be his number one, hopefully Michael Gallup. Um can be that guy, especially not having Terrence Williams step up 
in the uh, passing game, especially from last year from what we've seen. Uh, moving on here, um, we finished su- uh, Sunday night with uh, Bears-Packers. Um, exciting game, one of the most exciting games I've seen week one. Um, you got the Packers winning 24-13, to 24-23 after being down 20-0 to at halftime. Aaron Rodgers leaving the game with a knee injury, uh, came back and won the game for them. But before I get to that, 20 completions, 30 attempts, 286 yards, three touchdowns, very Aaron Rodgers-type game. And obviously, you know, Deshaun Kaiser coming in having a Deshaun Kaiser-type game. Um, four completions, seven attempts, 55 yards, and an interception. Uh, I, Packers fans are definitely very excited that <laughs> Aaron Rodgers came back in this game or else they would have been in big, big trouble. Jamal Williams uh, looking to be the number one um rusher in the backfield he's not the biggest guy but um he can get it done 15 rushes 47 yards hopefully he can open up to bigger games in the future ty montgomery i believe his project's over there in the back over in the backfield so maybe he'll move back to receiver and help them out in that sense especially with their quarterback back there um getting that big money in uh, in the offseason um so receiving randall cobb uh nine receptions 142 yards and a touchdown there's rumors this guy wasn't even going to be on the team in the offseason and here he is having a giant game um if anything he was old reliable for aaron Rodgers. he had a he had massive years especially a couple years ago with jordy nelson and him and with jordy gone i feel like cobb is might have even bigger games moving forward and we definitely had that big um touchdown reception that got them back in the game and which pretty much got them to win um but um here we go uh Devontae Adams who's supposed to be the number one guy five receptions 88 yards and a touchdown expect better games from him um he definitely had a great game on his part um but uh Randall Cobb definitely stole the show here Adronimo Allison, five receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. He definitely had a nice touchdown in the back of the end zone, right where it needed to be thrown. Aaron Rodgers just doing Aaron Rodgers-type things. Uh, hopefully Ty Montgomery will be involved more in the passing game since in the backfield they're looking to get Jamal Williams going um, until Aaron Jones comes back. Um, maybe he'll dig into it more. But anyway, two receptions, 21 yards. Um Again, he's not going to be that true running back that he was last year, and hopefully he'll get going. And Jimmy Graham not having a quiet night, two receptions, eight yards, and that's to be expected. Um, The way they run their tight ends in Green Bay isn't that amazing, even if Aaron Rodgers is throwing to him. Anyway, um, my key takeaways from this game is the Bears' offense. I'm going to read about them in a second, but before I even start reading you guys the stats, um, Mitch Trubisky... Uh, I really wanted to see him unleash here. He had something to prove here. He's going against one of the best of the best um, quarterbacks. You'll see if there's no one better. Um, they should have unleashed him here. They they needed to use him more. And if they early on, I felt like they were going to do that. And when they needed to use him on third and ones or third and shorts or it was fourth down or something in that sense, um, he just overthrew the ball and couldn't get it done. So let me read you guys. Um, the stats here uh, for the Bears, 23 completions, 35 attempts for Mr. Trubisky, 171 yards to the air. Seems like a common trend for all these quarterbacks who aren't um, really getting it done. Their backfield, uh, Jordan Howard, uh, 15 rushes, 82 yards. Um, I'm going to be honest with you here. Jordan Howard is a good running back, but there's a lot of times where he was trying to bruise it and he got taken down immediately when he could have gotten another four-yard gain. Like if you see Kareem Hunt run, you'll see that he'll kind of get – his yards after contact is insane. Uh, Jordan Howard's game that night was okay, but it could have been much better. Uh, Tariq, Cohen, Tariq, Cohen, Tariq Cohen, five rushes, 25 yards. He's kind of a game-changing back there. Like, not game-changer, a more of change of pace 
um, type running back. So he'll dig into Jordan Howard's role a little bit. But it looks to me Jordan Howard is still the number one guy there. Uh, Mr. Trubisky making it into the end zone, seven rushes, 32 yards, and uh, and uh, making it to the end zone with one of those rushes. So um, if he needs to escape that backfield, he could use his legs. Um, let's take a look. There are new receiving uh, receiving core here, who is a lot of brand new faces. Taylor Gabriel, five receptions, 25 yards. Um, just a fast guy that you know opens up the field for them. Allen Robertson, four receptions, 61 yards. Expect more activity out of him. He's going to be their new number one, I believe. Jordan Howard, uh, five receptions, 25 yards. Just kind of uh, taking part in that receiving game a bit. Tariq Cohen. Um, Three receptions, 16 yards. Um, he should be more involved than Jordan Howard, so I would definitely expect Jordan Howard to be used much less in the passing game, but we will see. Uh, Trey Burton, quiet night, one reception, 15 yards. He's taking that new starting role, so they're going to need to use him a lot more. Um, hopefully they will. So moving on here, again, Aaron Rodgers just completely dominated that game. And um, I heard a quote that at halftime um, someone, a reporter, uh, asked him after the game, uh, what were you thinking at halftime? He was just thinking seven times three. And instead, uh, they ended up getting the W. Um, so moving forward here, um, let's take a look at the uh, Monday night games, and then we'll wrap it up from there. Um, I just need to find the scores here. Uh, actually, before I get to that, I actually wanted to mention that Khalil Mack had a legendary game. I'm sure after the Raiders watching that, regret getting rid of him, unfortunately. Um, but uh, it's, I'm glad to see Khalil Mack getting out there and making plays. He had three tackles, um, two solo tackles, um, one uh, one sack, one pass deflection, one interception, one forced fumble, and a touchdown. And I believe, I, let me read this stat that I found here. Uh, Khalil Mack is the first NFL player since 1982 with a sack, interception, touchdown, forced fumble, and fumble recovery in one half of play since Lawrence Taylor um, in Detroit on November 25th. So uh, they paid him the big bucks to get that done, and um, it was definitely worth um, giving up those number one picks and second round pick. So anyway, moving on here, let's take a look at the first game of that night, which was the Jets and the Lions. I actually missed the beginning parts of this game, and I don't necessarily have the stats in front of me for that game. I actually uh, um, forgot to screenshot them, unfortunately. But um, key takeaways from this game is that Lions were definitely struggling. Uh, Kenny Galladay is going to be uh, taking a bigger role in that offense like he did last year. He kind of was a downfield type player who had those surprising uh, big yard touchdowns. But I feel like now um, Matt Stafford's more going to get him more involved in that in that uh, type game. He threw for four interceptions, um, just not the best game on his part. He's got to come out much better, especially a lot of analysts saying that he has an MVP type caliber season, especially this season specifically, and this game did not help their case in any way. Moving on to the Jets' offense, um, Sam Donald having his first career game. His first career throw was a pick six, um, and uh, Brett Favre did the same thing, and they just kept comparing him to him all game long. Um, he didn't have a bad game whatsoever. A very nice rookie-type beginning game. Got Robbie Anderson in the end zone. Uh, Quincy Inunua taking place in that offense like he did um, two years ago, missing last year due to a neck injury. Um, big upside for that offense. Um, it was just a giant 
blowout game. Um, Isaiah Crowell breaking out for a giant touchdown run. Um, uh, definitely a game of special teams. Um, definitely saw that run back on the Jets' part. Um, hopefully they can keep up this dominant performance. I'm sure Jets fans are ecstatic about this game. But anyway, let's finish the night with um, the Rams and the Raiders. And I'm sure everyone has take did take the Raiders that game. Um, fun fact here, um, with uh, the Rams lo- uh, winning that game 33-13, John Gruden's loss um, to the Rams gave debuting NFL head coaches an 0-7 record for their Week 1 opening game. So no debut head coaches got a win on Week 1. Very interesting. Let's take a look at the Rams' offense. A lot of question marks here, which is what ex- is exciting about the NFL. I mentioned that all game long. Um, Derek Carr, 29 completions, uh, 40 attempts, 303 yards, three interceptions. Not a great game on his part, definitely not. Um, but some of those some of those throws are just terrible. Um, one of them was just th- to nowhere, and no Raiders player was there, and Rams just intercepted it. But um, let's take a look at their rushing. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, 11 rushes, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Just as much of a game he's going to have in um, Oakland. He's not going to have as much of a great performance that he did um, with Seattle. Um, so Doug Martin, uh, four rushes, 20 yards. Um, who knows what they're going to use him for in that offense. Um, he doesn't really seem to fit the schemes. Um, he w- he didn't really perform that great last year either. Um, so let's take a look at their receiving here. He had a, it was the Jerry Cook show for uh, the Raiders. Uh, nine receptions, 180 yards. Um, uh Jalen Richard, nine receptions, 50, 55 yards. Surprisingly, didn't see that coming. Um, but if there's anyone that Derek Carr is looking for, I'm sure that offense is a mess. So he's definitely looking for Jared Cook to be open when he needs to be. Uh, Jordy Nelson, three receptions, 23 yards. Very quiet on his part. It's not Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, obviously. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, two receptions, eight yards. He doesn't receive too much, but if he has to, he will. Um, let's take a look at the Rams offense here. Jared Goff, 18 completions, 33 on 33 attempts, 233 yards, two touchdowns. Um, that's as much of a Jared Goff, Jared Goff type game we're going to get. Hopefully he's unleashed a little bit more. This is his second year under Sean McVay, so hopefully um, he'll step it up. Uh, you got Todd Gurley having a Todd Gurley type game, as everyone was hoping to see. Uh, 20 rushes, uh, 108 yards, and he also made it to the end zone on a on – a, on a reception, um, I think I believe it was a little quick, little pass type play. It wasn't technically a pass, but it was um, coming out of Jared Goff's hands. Um, we had uh, Cooper Cup, two reception, two rushes, 16 yards. Surprisingly, they used him in the rushing game a little bit. Um, and then you got Cooper Cup, five receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. He's a little unreliable for Jared Goff. They're boys coming out of college. They roomed together before the start of the last year's season, and they kind of worked together, just kind of like a Patriots type. Um, off season. Um, Brandon Cooks, five receptions, 87 yards. What's more to expect? He got a giant contract. Um, so hopefully he'll take more usage in that game. Uh, and then Robert Woods, who I was expecting to take a deeper uh, uh, usage rate, only had three receptions on 37 yards. Key, ta- key takeaway from this game, I didn't watch all of it. I actually ran late over here in the East Coast. Um, but um, the Rams... Are, are dominant. They have the better team out of everyone they come to face. And the Rams and the Vikings are going to be an interesting team to watch moving forward here. They got to keep to lead Marcus Peters. 
um, the Dominican Sioux, Aaron Donald, who just got his big contract. Um, and I heard in reports that they nearly got Khalil Mack to sign for a year because they weren't going to be able to afford him next the year after. And they just wanted to make that run for a Super Bowl. That would have been insane um, with the talent that they have there. But anyway, that's all the games for week one. Um, expect me to come back on Sunday to review all the other games. Um, and then after that week, I'm going to have uh, reviews um, about all those games. I'm going to do our recaps. Um, and I'm also, uh, during the week, going to go over um, some fantasy pickups, uh, waiver wire pickups, um, fan, you know, fantasy booms and busts. Um, I'll have those for you guys. And if there's any news coming out, I'll definitely let you guys know. Thank If you guys are listening, thank you for listening to the first episode um, of this podcast. You know, I'm very excited moving forward. We have a long season ahead of us. Football is officially back. It's in the books. Um, keep listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And, um, you know, I, that's all I could ask for. And thank you guys for listening. I'll be back for week two. Tomorrow is Thursday, so that's going to kick off week two. Again, lots to talk about on this podcast, so definitely stay tuned. Again, I cover scores, news, and fantasy football, everyone's favorite. And so, again, stick around next week, um, and we'll see you then. Take care. Goodbye.